Hello and welcome to another edition of the Engage Podcast. I'm Phil. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we're doing Days That Change the Universe, part two. Yes, because obviously we did our first part sometime last year. And there's so much and there's so <laughs> much dis- and there's so much destruction that goes on in the world of Star Trek that we might even do it for part three. No, they'll just part two film. Yeah, but yeah, it was we did the first part of some what, point. Are you last doing year. the research for that one? No. Can you guess what we're doing? <laughs> but it could be ah, no, Attack no. of the Tribbles. <laughs> Days that changed the world. Tribbles come into our lives. They did, they did for especially for oh, the Klingons. They did for the Klingons. could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we go we've got we've got five five isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's five yeah. um, like, like for the first part. There's five different uh, days that change you. Five events, five um, catastrophic events. So and obviously like the, like the first part, we'll be picking them out randomly and talking about them. But to start with, we're going to do a quiz. But what I never understand with it is you have to summarise for people that weren't here before. But if they listen to the first part, they'd listen to the second bit. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll so probably send, we'll, send a, we'll, we'll, we'll send a link for the first Surely? one as well. I, yeah, I'll yeah, I'll just take your word for it. <laughs> Something along those lines. Well, you don't listen to the second part, not hearing the first one, surely? Well, yeah, I mean logically, yes, but not everyone thinks like that. So. Oh my! <laughs> that is a lot. I, I probably wouldn't. I'll probably just listen. To, I'll listen to part two. But so as ever, as we said in the last episode, which happened earlier, but not to you, but. A few weeks ago, it's good, isn't it? We got a quiz. We got a quiz. Yes. Uh, what order did we go the last time? Should we go the opposite way? Doesn't matter. Go on, then, Jamie. I'll ask you. Uh, Since you've been ra- oh, okay. raring to go. All oh, right. Okay. Just as he's on top form. As he's on top form. I probably won't be for this. Given that, given that last uh, two weeks ago you got everything freaking right. Everything right. Thanks, Simon. Thank you, Simon. Okay. Bloody lucky uh, next time. That. Question on. one. Okay, hit me. How long did it take for the Zindi weapon to reach orbit of Earth? And I have, I have you have got a multiple choice. <laughs> I thank God for that. A, eight hours. B, ten hours. C, twelve hours. D, fourteen hours. So this is from when it was launched up <laughs> yes. until it reached Earth. Yes. Right. Okay. Earth's orbit. I take it that's when it's in the. Subspace v- v- vortex thing in yeah, and it was in the notes as well. Probably was. <laughs> it, again, it was one of the first sentences in the notes. Uh, I saw that and I thought, "Yep, I'm grabbing that." Eight, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen Correct. hours. Oh, Pick hell. a number, any number. I don't think it was twelve or fourteen. Right. I think it's between. I'm going to say either A or B. My gut is saying B. I'm just going to say B. Ten hours. So I'm going to go with B. Probably wrong, but hey. What is the name of... This is uh, in the um, Kelvin timeline. What is the name of Spock's... Ship? You already read it, didn't you? What is the name of Spock's... Yeah, true. Did... What is the name of Spock's ship that he used to try and escape from uh, Nero after Ooh. being sucked into the gravity well? I remember this. Jellyfish. Jellyfish. That was his easy question. I remember this that. This is hard one. Hmm? This is hard one. Well, the first one was supposed to be semi-hard. Oh, my. Oh, oh my. my. <laughs> I actually do remember reading that, so... Hello, bloopers. At least I got, at least I got the second question right. True or false? Or false. False. <laughs> True or false? True or false? T's or false? The tomed incident occurred... Tom Lid. Tom Lid. 
it occurred in 2311. True or false, yeah? That is true. So I've definitely got at least two of those, right? I know for a fact. Let's everyone ask the same question about the same event. I was trying to be varied. <laughs> Do you um, want yours next, Si? No. Okay. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> you get it out of the way, that's the way it always is. If you don't like doing something, just get it out of the way. Bear with me. Okay. okay. Are you ready, Master? Yeah. Question one. What... <laughs> He's dreading this, he really is. The week I prefer is when I get Phil's one, because it's like, you never know with James. It's like, that hmm, interesting, doesn't I... it? <laughs> In a book you've have never I, read. Have I seen this or anything? Yes, all these questions you are from the notes. I know, I know, them. I know, I know. Question one. What year did the Klingon Moon Praxis get destroyed? Multiple choice. A, 2291. B, 2292. C twenty two ninety three or D twenty two ninety four. I think the last one. I don't know. Twenty two ninety four, wasn't it? I think that was D. Yeah. yeah. Question two. <laughs> this is your hard one. In the Kelvin time, yeah, not the last one. Yeah. In the Kelvin timeline, what star date did the destruction of Vulcan take place? Right now, it's a year. Plus two numbers after it. If you can get the year, I'll give you half a point. How's that? How the frick am I meant to get that? I think it's just in case you need to know. Again, it's in the notes. The year's mentioned twice, and the Stardate's whole Stardate's mentioned once. It is in the notes. Yeah, which I haven't looked at because I was looking at the last episode. Because <laughs> I've had no time to prep for it. <laughs> I think that was fair. I'm keeping out of it. <laughs> You're keeping out of it, Phil. So I've had a year and then another year. Yes. So what's the question? What? In the Kelvin timeline, what star date did the destruction of Vulcan take place? And then you you could give a point for how the frick am I meant to? Okay, do you want me to? Do you want me? I'll tell you what. I'll change it. I'll change. I'll change it. Okay. True or false? So I'll do two true or falses. I think this, I'm going to change this. True or false? Um, the year that destruction of Vulcan took place was 2258. I'll change it. I think that's. I'm going to change it. <laughs> <It's> obviously. <laughs> this is the problem with these questions. It's trying to make ones that are hard but not too hard, but I just can't seem to find the right balance. That's yeah. my problem. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean with Phil. I know that there's a good chance that <laughs> well, got a it's working now. out, working out how we conceive it sometimes. But normally Phil goes, "Okay, I see what you're saying." Mm. But I was worried about week B. It's always Jamie's second question as well, if you notice. Yeah, it's I don't mean to one. cause a fuss. But no, no, no. When I'm sorry, you spend so much time working out last week's that you don't have enough time to kind of even look yeah, at I think I think a rule we need to, if it's anything that that requires a specific date how is anyone going to remember that that's the thing it's very difficult I think the only very... way to do it is doing multiple choice or a true mm. or false well, that's why I'm changing this now to true or false so my head's saying true okay no okay I'm okay. calling this one a bit right off to be honest but question three you oh, will right. like this one <laughs> True or false? The name of the scientist that created the Zindi superweapon was called Dagra. That's false because he's only a um, 
created it. Yeah, the name. It's, it's the name of the scientist. I might have. I think the phrasing is right, but it's, it's the basically I'm looking for the name of the scientist who helped design the super, who designed this indie weapon, or the prototype. He designed the prototype. Pick upon. That's probably true to that one as well. Then. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm calling that one a write-off. But oh well. You you will be surprised. Which means I've at least got one right. Yes. That. Whenever you say stuff like that, you kind of go, okay, I'm not so screwed. <laughs> There's always, you know, when you do questions, you say, you can't understand. I think what... I'm going to have to get into a mindset of particularly your questions, so I'm thinking about well, it a bit but more. When, when you, you, see, you, you, just... you, you seem to come up with an idea of a hard question for Simon is he has to know something specific that's mine new. You have to be fair. I it, am... it's, like, it's like saying to you, Jamie, what's the exact number of... of I don't know of of something in an episode. What's the exact number of times uh, that Patrick yeah. Stewart uh, scratches his nose? I always add in, even if I think I'm being too fair, even if I'm being too generous, I still put an element of you have a so and so percentage chance mm. of getting this right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, it, 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 put, it, to put it this way: if you if you want a specific answer, unless it's something like what's the what, what was the what dates, was the trans? You have to put in. Dates to say it could be this thing, that thing, that thing. It's, there are ways of doing it instead of mm. just going leaving it blank. Mm. You'll notice that some bank questions I do leave blank, but there are very things where it's kind of it's even fairly obvious. Yeah, like the Jeffrey's Two question for Starship, yeah. something like that. If, if it's if no, it's, I, yeah, I, anyway, I do that's it, fine. You got it's it. Like you general got it. knowledge. Yeah. No, I just do. I do want to apologise. Ge- ge- general knowledge rather than specific fact that nobody would yeah. know. Yeah. So I do apologise. I said that's why I wanted to change it because it's not fair otherwise. So yeah. I will listen to it. what I'm doing for Phil, and mm. you'll see that I say I've already changed one before I even got to it because I already yeah. asked Phil a question which would pertain to a question which is our question. But it's not going to happen because mm. Phil's not read it. So I've already <laughs> fallen. <laughs> I've already fallen back onto my. It's fine. It's oh, okay. Go right, go on in. My questions. Okay. Yeah. True or false? When the Zindi probe attacked Earth in March of twenty-one fifty-three, eight million people lost their lives. I thought it was more than eight million. Is that true or false? Yeah. Mm. So. False, I would be saying it's not 8 million. Yep. I'm going to say false. Yep. Right, I'm not doing that one. Okay, we'll turn a hard question because the other one wouldn't work. Okay. How many years were there between the Tomlin incident and the Federation's next encountered Romulans in Star Trek Next Generation episode, The Neutral Zone? A, 52 years. B, 53 years. C, 54 years. D, 55 years. Can you read the question again? Sorry, yeah. I didn't quite that's catch it. It's a very long one, yeah. but that's why I always have redundancies in place. How many years were they between the Tomlin incident... It's the Tomlin, yeah. ...and the Federation's next encounter with Romulans in the Neutral Zone season one? Oh, the OK, so it's the, it's the... it's OK, so it's the, the, the difference between the two encounters with the Romulans. How much time is in yeah, between okay. those two events? And the numbers... So 50, 52 to 55... So 52, 53, 54, 55. It's 55, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever remember the answers to that question. It's a horrible question, but... Mm. It's, Again, it's, it's... in the notes. The, the years are there. If you yeah, do a bit of fiddling, Phil's seen both yeah. episodes. 
and go and going back to what we said about your question, there's a there's a no way for choice. Yeah. yeah. No, this is good because I I do want to learn yeah. from this. Yeah, go on. And I was going to say 55. You have seen six, haven't you? You've seen Star Trek six. Yes, you reminded yeah. me of that earlier. And oddly enough, it fits in quite with what we did in the last episode. In Star Trek six, Undiscovered Country, which starship tried to distract General Chang from protecting the USS Enterprise A at Kitama? Oh. oh Probably oh, that's hard. Yeah. One, but, oh, oh, I... but the last one, you got multiple choice, so it's not. Like... Mm, I. I, I... If I'd watched the movie recently, I probably wouldn't. Would well, I'd probably have an idea by looking at it. It's in the so notes. it's the class of ship. Name. It's the name of the ship. But it's a well-known ship. It's a well-known ship. It's actually come up today, to be honest. But hey, so it must have been a Federation ship. Mm. Yeah, but that's exactly it's, it's, that. it's come up today. <clears throat> Star Trek. Right. Well, I can try and work this out. So Star Trek Six. So it would in that era, there's only a certain. Yeah, theory. I was going to say it was. A I co- wouldn't ask you one. So it was, really it was one of the ship. old. It was one of the older ones. I'm saying too much to be honest, but oh well. So it wouldn't have been. Yeah, <laughs> really but it's a well, bit of help for you. Well, may I say too little with some of my questions? So a, well, a well-known ship distracted them. Wouldn't have been defiant. It was too early. It's too late or too early for it. I say it's come up today. It's. Was it the Stargazer? I'm trying to think. Oh, I think I know. I think I know what it is. I think I've just... It's just come to me. Was it the Stargazer? That's a good question, Si. But it was a very similar one that I was going to ask mm. about it, but I thought mm. that, that sounds nicer than what I was going to originally go for. I, I I don't know. I'm just going to guess the Stargazer. I know that's wrong, but I'm just going to put, so put an answer. You're right, around the right ear, I feel, to be honest. I know that's wrong. I know it's a horrible question. No, that's fine. I no, think... it's fair enough. Oh. But I've possibly got one right there. <coughs> anyway, should we go? <laughs> should we move on with the topic? Yeah. Well, who wants to pick first? Because we've got five left over. Should we just go in that way? I don't yeah. Know. Jamie, pick a one. Anyone. Okay, the first one is the Kitama Records. Which oh, talks about my question. That's yeah. helpful. <laughs> we all get immediate answer, Phil. Yay! <laughs> Jerry, while I'm sorting myself out, would you like to start? Well, this is the exploration of the Klingon moon Praxis in, in 2093. 22-93. Caused several S- severe ecological disasters yeah. on the Klingon homeworld, and an almost complete shutdown of the Klingon economy. And this was the event that precipitated uh, the Klingon Chancellor Gorkon into initiating peace talks with the Federation because they had no money. Well, yeah, and said that as and obviously um, Spock served as special envoy to the Empire, and he was instrumental in um, sealing the peace between the Federation and Klingon Empire. Yeah, so said. An historic moment, obviously, in Star Trek history, you know. Um, and it went out the window during DS9. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, when eventually all they wanted to do was attack DS9, didn't they? Well, every five minutes there was a Gal- Chancellor Gowan wanted to uh, um, attack the Dominion, but he he just did had no strategy. He was just reckless. Mm. He just want. 
was it he was trying to invade Cardassia that was it he was trying to invade, invade Cardassia invade Cardassia because yeah. he thought that there were strangelings in there yeah. um, well I say I watched it a few days ago so mm. I'm quite familiar and up to date with it mm. yeah so um, also um, since obviously the kitten of course were two historic peace treaties between Klingon and Pine Federation and on that point it was the first peace conflict um, was is, is scheduled to be held on Earth but was later but relocated due to the assassination of Chancellor Gorkon mm. so his Camp Kitten was selected neutral environment because his daughter got the um got it instead and that that was actually kept secret to prevent any further assassinations as well yeah which obviously you know that, good, that worked out well didn't work <laughs> good precaution but it didn't, again, didn't quite work out as they planned um, but also Curzon nice car park though yeah <laughs> if you watch the extended edition of Undiscovered Country it's good it is wasn't that the um, was that the first the first or second TOS film you showed me probably yeah I think it was the second one you showed me um, Curzon Dax also represented the Federation in the negotiations, which the Romulan Senator Pardek was also present. Well, they um, were betrayed, weren't they, with the Klingons by the Romulan Star Empire? Yes. Oh, sorry, I was wondering where you were looking at there. I'll just be <laughs> asked as far as where you were looking at. Yes. Um, Is this the one where the um, the Enterprise C nope. got killed itself? Nope. No. No. Okay. Better than Narendra for three. In twenty three forty four. <laughs> so that <clears throat> with all its windows. So that that was the <laughs> that was the battle that effectively ended Romulan Klingon relations and solidified Federation Klingon relations. Yeah. So a massive power power switch in the quadrant. Yeah. So you do realise it is actually on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is where this is where I read it from. Oh, okay. You did. Yeah, you, right. Okay. <laughs> Coming at things backwards. Oh dear! (laughs) I love the way we just uh, figure things out, but we do it backwards sometimes. Uh. (laughs) That's where I read it from. It happened. It happened. I was right in my own little way. Um, (laughs) In twenty three seventy two, again, this is what we were just saying. Gal withdrew the Klingon Empire from the Kitten Macaws in response to the Federation Council's uh, condemnation of his invasion of the Cardassian Union. Um, But they eventually, obviously. you know, they eventually obviously were restored. It's quite interesting what Rick Berman was saying here. He goes, By taking the Federation playing on two side maveling it, we were not going to affect the plot lines of the movies or Voyager since they are nowhere near an aerospace to be affected. Well, to so, the, well to, so that, that's one part of actually continuity which is actually thought for and made sense. <laughs> well, to, to throw it even more for people who are interested in their Star Trek Online um, uh, story and history, the, in 2399. Uh, the the Kitamura Accord breakdown between the Federation and the Klingon Empire, uh, which was all out war. Um, that's the storyline for Star Trek Online. Is that during the Klingon section? Is it? Uh, no, it's later on. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. That's why they're at war. Hmm. So yes, yeah, the Klingon bit. Yeah. yeah. There's another bit of interesting background information I've just seen here. It is possible that the Second Accords may be the peace treaty referred to by Richard Castillo in yesterday's Enterprise suggesting a signing date in the 2340s. A second accord could be the formal alliance between the Federation Empire referencing TNG. It's also possible it occurred off of the DS9 by Inferno's light in which the Federation and Klingon Empire renewed their alliance. This is supported by the fact that Chancellor Gale and Admiral, Admiral Ross said in DS9 episode when it rains, they had met Kitima. Mm. So, 
again quite quite interesting look just sort of parallels between different series and there's even a reference in Insurrection second critical chords banned use of subspace weapons mm. which the sonar used in that film yeah, so again, it's quite interesting because there's some stuff here about the Kitamura course which I didn't actually know. I, I said this link with DS9 and and the possibility of it between next gen is quite interesting. Not something I actually actually knew about. So have we also said that they tried to reinstate the um, the treaty when alliance with an alliance <coughs> between the Dominions and the uh, the Cardassian Union? I think Jamie said it. I think oh, I said sorry, that. yeah, yeah, that's not no worries for him. I think we're done with that. Yeah, that I was think nice and quick, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of these ones are literally just like a couple of pages. It's all at random, but this is what we're going to do. Next build, so I'm going to put that down. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Diddly pokey. Destruction of Praxis. This is going on the same vein. It is going on the same and vein. And a nice little link up. And you'll get your answer to your question, if I remember, Phil. It comes up. History, third par- uh, second paragraph, Phil. You'll get your answer to your question. Oh yes, sorry, with your kitten records one, the year of the moon practice, so you'll get your answer for that as well. Because you said twenty two ninety four, but it was ninety three. Done. Cool. I think I might have come up yet, sir. Well the practice was the well we all it was a neutral moon. Natural. Natural moon yeah. from the Klingon <laughs> homeworld. But it was also Livable, li- livable on there. It was breathable, wasn't it? Yes, it was Mind. inhabited. Yeah, it was uh, used as the Klingon Empire's key energy production in the facility in the 21st century, and that's from obviously undiscovered country in the Voyager episode flashback and TNG episode Sins of the Far. Ah, oh, it was 50 Earth years. So I got that wrong. To be fair, Phil, with that neutral zone one, is that the neutral zone one? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have got that anyway. I don't think. That's Tom Lid. Um, hmm? to do with Tom Lid, not that. Oh, so it says here in 2293 Praxis was destroyed in a large explosion called by overmining insufficient safety precautions the explosion caused a powerful subspace shockwave that impacted on the USS Excelsior oh sounds familiar yep (laughs) a Federation starship outside the neutral zone heading back to Federation (laughs) space under full impulse power after a three year assignment in the beta quadrant Yeah, as we said before, due to the Klingon Empire's enormous military budget, the Air Commandant did not have the resources which to combat the catastrophe, forcing Chancellor Gorkin to obviously approach the Federation with peace. So, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how we didn't do these two, these two in the previous part one, mm. but yet they're so it's linked to random. each other. I know it's all at random, but well, I, I just think it's interesting if you think if the Klingon economy hadn't been so affected, would Chancellor Gorkon approach the Federation for peace? Would there have actually been a treaty within the Federation and Klingon Empire? No, they wouldn't. That's what I mean. It's just, just interesting, just to sort of, one little fact, one factor can just change everything. Just there's have such a lot an of blowing effect. up between both episodes. There's a lot of blowing up in the last one, there's a lot of blowing up in this episode. Yeah. And it was a euphemism for the Chernobyl disaster, mm. leading down to the breakdown of the Soviet Union. Mm which I thought was incredible and it's the way that um, it was I love the fact that um, Chancellor Gorkin was like a mismatch of like what was it Um, George Washington wasn't it something mm, like that and then someone else that's the thing about Star Trek they always try and relate stuff to the wider societal issues at the time Mm. it's like here it's interesting probably not for anyone here but um, for me, because um, I did sociology, it says, likewise, the word praxis is employed in the writings of Karl Marx, meaning active rather than merely, merely theoretical socialism. 
it's also interesting that Praxis wasn't actually in the same system as Kronos. It wasn't? And no, it wasn't. According to the, according to the reference books of Star Trek um, star charts, Praxis was located in a separate system from Kronos. This, this system was closer to the Federation Klingon border. In this system, Praxis was located in the Praxis system. The system primar- uh, primarily was a Class M star. Well, in, in Star Trek Online, Praxis is presented as a former moon of Kronos. After events that occur prior to the year 2409, of the breaking of the Akitam records, mine on the remnants of Praxis renewed. Then they, they st- uh, the remnants of Praxis orbited Kronos are collectively referred to as the Praxis Belt. Mm. Again, going back to what we said. In a scripted line not included in the film, Praxis was to have been established as having no indigenous life forms. Even though it did. Hmm. Well, no, because it it was mined. Oh, I see. So you Sorry. have people going there, but they're not. No, from oh, not there. from there. Not is not born and yeah. evolved from there. I see what you're saying. Is there anything else to say about Praxis? I mean, there's, uh, there's something about the atmosphere. I remember reading. Bear with me. Oh, is it in the novel? That's it. Yeah. Do you want to read that? No, you go on, you okay. read it, you'll be better than me. <clears throat> in the novel Sarek by A.C. Crispin, in addition to polluting Kronos' atmosphere, Praxis' explosion has create, had created a ring of debris around the planet that subjects the service to constant, sometimes deadly meteor showers, which also makes space traffic to and from the planet extremely dangerous. Another reason why the, uh, the planet is becoming uninhabitable. Yeah. So that's the novel I've actually read, actually. Again, one I'll add to my list to read. Definitely. Sounds quite interesting. And the next one. I'm just intrigued what the next one was. If we're finished with that or not, or something. I think we're pretty much there think, with it. To be yeah, fair. Zindi probe. Oh. Ooh. Okay. I think this is one of our sort. Of, I think this is like our biggest. Uh, this is going to be a bigger one. Yeah, definitely. Your question will be answered, Phil. And yeah, we'll sign. go. We'll, we'll go through that later. Now I have not seen. Well, if we're going to be, we're going to be talking about it, so we might as well mark it as the questions. Yeah. So, the weapons were designed primarily by Degra, a Zindi Prime scientist and member of the Zindi Council. There you go. So, you've got that one right, so that's true. <laughs> so, you can mark that up as correct. That's what I said to Phil, because I've, I've, I say, I'm always the one that complains a lot about things, but I always feel like with questions, you have to really be precise with what you mean. Mm. Because it, in some ways, you can comprehend it in different ways and mm. get it wrong when actually... Well, you got that. You got that one correct. So that was true. So, so that's why I'm very precise with my questions and things. Mm. But, um, but the uh, the Zindi weapons were large mobile particle beam weapons designed to cause destruction to planets. Um, they were constructed by the Far Zindi species in cooperation at the instigation of the Spear Builders, who had informed the Zindi that humans would be responsible for the destruction of the future Zindi homeworld in the 26th century. Well, that's ruined it for Phil. Yeah. And there was three weapons built while the design was refined. <laughs> You'll forget about it, Phil, anyway, eventually, won't you? That's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying you've got a bad memory, but... No, that's fair enough. <laughs> it's probably going to be quite a while before you see it. Like, that's what well. I mean. <laughs> but, I mean, there's five Zindi species as well, so... Oh, yeah. That's another thing as well that I, I, I looked at, and I thought, oh, that's going to be something that comes up. I said, there's, there's Zindi... I think, for me... Primates, arboreals, aquatics... Um, uh, reptilians. And you've got flyy ones as well that died. Insectoids, reptilians. So I, think that, I think that's all of them. Yeah, because there, there was one that became extinct, wasn't it? 
yeah. as well. The, um, the other interesting thing is that the th- the prototype was actually a manned probe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the big one was as well. The main weapon was also manned. Well, what I what I absolutely love actually, what, one of the most interesting bits I found about actually about the design of the Cindy super weapon was the um, was the actual said the visual effects of it. So the uh, spear itself was a reuse of the Romulan mine from mine. Oh yeah, I, well, not, well, to be fair, it's the inner core of it mm. with a few spinny things around it. It looks like a Borg sphere. Well, there's an inner chamber. Oh right, and in okay. that there's a Romulan mine in it. Oh right, and that's the like primary because it's like the like operations of the of it, and then that's where they re, you know that you yeah, know, they reuse they build, everything. Yeah. And then that's where the Roman mind thing. I yeah. saw that and just went, "Oh, that's that thing." Well, what I also love here is that um, the visual effects producer Dan Curry said, um, who was involved in designing the exterior appearance of the Zindi weapon, he said, "The super weapon was really fun, and one of the inspirations for that was the Chinese carve those these beautiful ivory balls, oh, that made layer out of upon, balls, yeah, layer yeah. upon layer, and oh, can rotate in incredible. and out of themselves. Yeah. Where do they make them? Because mm. uh, as you you know as you know." Because they're solid mm. spheres. Because because mm. as the weapon is 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 travelling, it's constantly moving, in, yeah. in, and it's incredible. It's a incredible design. Yeah, really no, is. Th- those I know what you're talking about. So those Chinese spheres are yeah. are amazing. And as he, he goes on to say, so we decided to give the super weapon a kinetic structure, so it was constantly moving. So it always looked imminently threatening, and I think that comes across really well. Have you found out how many people killed? Uh, I haven't done yet, but I was I was hovering over what, <laughs> what, the, what the, I was I was hovering over what the weapon was made of, and there's a mineral called chemorites, ke- chemocrete, chemocrete, which was provided by a refinery factory where where uh, they grew. Oh no, um, some guy, whatever the hell his name yeah. was, uh, works. They referenced that. TNG, the shipment. Um, I'm trying to trying to find that. Uh, and, there, and there was an accident because it's quite uh, a dangerous material. Because it's, it's quite a dangerous material. Because there was an accident in Dalek's laboratory. Nearly all of his lab- yeah. laboratory uh, Ar- was destroyed. Archer con- Archer convinced him to help them. Um, uh, oh, um, in, oh, I'm trying to figure out what it was. Affect the ship. Track it. Track it. Um, and he did just that, and it worked. Because you know, and he followed through for them. Because actually, no, I don't want to spoil it. But as I said the Zindi, Zindi storyline is amazing. I mean, most pe- most people say old oh, season four of Enterprise where it took off, but I always say season three. I think arriving Earth through a subspace vortex, <clears throat> the probe fired a particle which out, which cut out a swathe of Florida Venezuela, killing seven million people. So oh. you were you were correct, Phil. You said false. Yes. So you were correct. It's not eight million, seven. So you were correct. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so you got that one right. I don't think any of mine have come up yet. Um, let's see. I mean, there's just so much information here about about it. It's just oh, the final version of weapon was subsequently larger than its two pieces and was designed to be managed by a skeleton crew. There you are. Told oh. you. The exact core, however, contained the control where the weapon could be activated, fired, or repaired. Uh, it kind of makes me want to actually rewatch now. Inspired, watch for yeah, season three. <laughs> I want to watch that because it's it's. It's interesting. It's inter- It's a very interesting thing to use. Mm. The, only way no, way, uh, the only known way to deactivate weapons that invert a series of conduct, conduct 
into the proper sequence to cut power out. Explosives could destroy the core of the weapon, which was the Romulan mine redress. And I see they um, they kidnapped Hoshi, didn't they? To um, poor Hoshi. Yeah, poor Hoshi. To get the other, because I think wasn't it that they needed like three three command three command codes from the three of those indie species, wasn't to it? To launch it, yeah. Yeah, to launch it, yeah. So it, presumably it didn't actually destroy Earth then. No. Well, they destroyed need... a good chunk of it. The, the thing about the Zindi storyline is, again, in terms it's of con- revisionist history, yeah, it, which again is a bit problematic. But... In terms of continuity, it doesn't quite work because you obviously always see Earth as a well, because obviously in it... because you knew here from the Zindi again, and it's like well, it's a big event, and like obviously because Enterprise was made after all the other series, the but thing it's is, before. You can explain yeah. it because you can tell that they went reclusive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's how you um, and then they don't but, turn up until the Enterprise J. But but they do reference it in I think one of the some of the Star Trek novels probably. So, oh, but that's not canon. Though. That's, yeah. that's but again, it, it, stuff like that because there's in the story almost done so well in other aspects. It, that, that whole revisionist thing doesn't really bother me. It's like eh, I mean, the scary I can, thing about I can it, let it go. Yeah, but the scary thing about it is it it was only a probe. It wasn't a it wasn't the full weapon, was it? Oh, you should see how big it was. It was massive, Phil. Mm. Really massive. Much of the Zindi's Zindi weapons interior was recycled portions of other sets that had been built for Star Trek. Um, this included the weapons core, for instance, the three rotating rings around the roca- rotating spear, and the core of the weapon was reused in a gyrosphere from the episodes of Night and Sick Bay and Vanishing Point. Even the purple colour on the rings remained the same. However, the Star Trek paint supervisor, Chuck Clark, used an unusual paint on both the frame and in the ball paint seemed to change colour depending on the perspective from which it was viewed what what I like is he says here that um, the set for the Zindi's weapons interior was built on Paramount Stage 9 um, Herman Zimmerman noted that the set took up the whole of the stage and he said we built from scratch the last two episodes really huge sets both of which had to be destroyed because we don't have any place to keep them and we'll probably never see them again mm. so they actually just had to get rid of them it's a shame really but it makes but you, sense but you just think of the amount of work that must have gone into that it's just incredible it really is I know you know. Obviously, they they re- reused, but you know that's the thing about about Star Trek, reusing stuff. Why why not? I said apart from saving money, it's just it it's makes a, fe- a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes it, hell of a lot of sense. If you can make it effective and make it seem entirely different, even if you're reusing some of the same stuff, even more so. So, is there anything else you want to say about the Zindi? No, there. Uh, there was something else I, I, okay. I remember reading. Yeah, go ahead, Trevor. I, I I should have covered it up. Huh? No, I think it, I think it doesn't work because it was it was connected to a game, so I don't think I did. No, don't worry, that's fine. Zindi done. Now we've got two left, so pick a hand, any hand. I know which one's which, but Phil, I know what's coming up next now. So hey, um, so I'm just getting my. Make sure I've got my right. <laughs> uh, oh God, I've got mixed up with what's going there. Who? Okay, do you want me to? Yep, yeah, you go. Okay, I don't uh, know what it is. The next one is. Destruction of Vulcan, Kelvin timeline, Abraham's. Voice. I never knew that. Now this was this was quite a, a a pinnacle point of the film, really, because it it really spurred on Spock's emotions, because obviously he lost his mum, didn't he? If you remember yeah. the film, yeah, it was quite a um, a horrible moment, because obviously they were being beamed up, and if he, if she had been one metre closer to him, he would have been all right. Hmm. But it's a hot, it's a, a scary thing to have a planet killer. Really scary thing. And incidentally, the destruction of Vulcan took place on Stardate twenty two fifty eight point four two. Yeah, how the hell was I going to get that? <laughs> it's in the notes. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but you can get around that. But yeah, it's fine. But I'll, I said, I'll do what I do normally. I will do an, do a question where it's. But I said, I've changed it to true or false, and I've given you, so you were correct. It's true. I'll do a question in the future, running around star dates, and you'll be going, "What the hell? I have no idea about these. It could be any of them." And you'll see just how. Unless it's in the research and I remember it, <laughs> and read it. <laughs> but point point taken. Thank you. Well, there's three commanders involved in in the destruction: Christopher Pike, Nero, obviously the bad guy, and Spock. Well, you know, Nero was the one who destroyed it. Yeah. But, oh, oh, you mean they're involved as in yeah. trying to stop it? Yeah. Oh, D2 was there. I was just going to say, Richard Pike and Spock didn't destroy it, but that's uh, alright. R2D2. I know what you meant. Yeah, he's in the rubble. He flies by the ship. He's in the second one as well. Huh? Yeah. I don't remember seeing that. I don't at all. I've got. What? I thought you were joking. No. So R2D2 is in the first two films? Bloody hell. <laughs> is, that, okay. is, that, is that like the same where they put the Millennium Falcon in the, um, in the Borg Cube? In the joke. I did not know that. Nor did I. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> We're terrible for not knowing that, aren't we, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah! It's one of those moments, isn't it? It is. You got a photo? Just trying to find it. Oh. Just search images. Um, what else happens uh, 129 years in the future Supernova completely destroyed the Romulan homeworld Romulus despite the best efforts of Federation Ambassador Spock to prevent it um, Spock was able to collapse the Supernova before it destroyed another planet but obviously Neuro was enraged because I think his wife was killed but how stupid is it for a planet killer to drill a hole no. it, I mean it's, it's makes sense no but it's sort of so non-apocalyptic not like a massive bomb um, I don't know let's just drill a hole to the core no co- you feel you're missing the point it's what they put in the hole it's red matter which creates a black hole mm. that which was, nothing can escape from no, no there's something quite horrible about that mm. if you've got any so, complaints to you know I, I can see <laughs> your point it's like oh they're drilling a hole yeah, that's kind of the pre, you know, kind of the, the build up to. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna drill a, I'm gonna put a black hole in the center of your planet. Hey, have fun with that. So um, it says here that Nero's vessel and Spock's half the jellyfish. The Nerada, yeah. Jamie. Uh, what, what? His ship's called the Nerada. Oh, okay, um, was pulled back in uh, and arrived in the year twenty two fifty eight. And then um, Nero catches Spock and Moon on the planet Velta Vega, so he'll be forced to witness Nero's revenge for the destruction of his home world. And you always have to wait 25 years to do that. Yes. Time long. dilation. Yeah. It's going to say a long time to wait, but when you go through a black hole, where well, no time has passed. So. It's no time till wet time. No. <laughs> I knew he was going to say <laughs> reference that. Um, has anyone got anything else? Uh, it was the. after. Oh, no, afterwards, it, 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 it caused a battle. Um, uh, where is it? You're looking the Narada arrived at Vulcan and destroyed a high powerful plasma drill. Deployed, mm. yeah. Deployed, um, yeah. Um, the Narada detected seven starships approaching, so this was the Federation Task Force that was sent to. Uh, that was the USS Enterprise, the USS Ar- Artanus, the Armstrong, the Farragut, the Hood, Mayflower, Newton, Odyssey, Truman, Walt. 
Walcott. 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 Yeah. So they're all destroyed apart from the Enterprise. Unfortunately. Uh, Lots of destruction going on. I know. I said we've only seen one of these. A theme is just, just. Oh, here we go. Simon's just pulled up a picture of R two D two. Oh, I think no. you've got an advert coming up. That's why. Oh, I hate those. I find, I'm just glad I finally got ad blocker. Escape. I finally got ad blocker for YouTube. Oh yeah, I can <laughs> see it. Is that in the first film or the second one? That's the first. You did it just because you say JJ. Oh my god. I can see Okay, it. I'm definitely checking it out later when I get back. He's in the second one as well. <laughs> I'm definitely checking it out later when I get back. See, I really want to rewatch these movies because you, wanna... you forget how good they are. I still want to rewatch the third one. <laughs> oh it's my god. That's so cool. That is awesome. It's quite clever how they do it and, and put it in. Just makes me respect Abrams more, to be honest. So, I do it's not know that. a bit of a second, but he's in both. <laughs> it's so cool. You can just imagine going. <laughs> What are you doing in this universe? Well, here's a black hole. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, in an effort to achieve total surprise over the Romulans, en- uh, Chief Engineer Olsen delayed in deploying his parachute until the last possible instant. He's still a twat. Because <laughs> he's from Command and Conquer 3, and we, mm-hmm. me and Phil don't like him. Yeah, we don't like but him. But he's a red shirt, so it's like good. He badly miscalculated and he, yeah, he got incinerated by the jewels and then he discharged. But obviously, that created a problem for Kirk and Sulu because Olsen was the one who had the explosive charges which they needed to destroy the planet. The actual the destruction of the planet killed 6 billion Vulcans inhabitants, which then, is a lot of people. And, and um, obviously, uh, uh, Elder Spock. Um, established a new colony called New Vulcan with the Spock Prime. Spock Prime, thank you, sir. Um, who est- who uh, assisted um, about the was it about ten thousand remaining Vulcans in Mister yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it was just simply named New Vulcan. Yeah, which is it's just works, doesn't it? That's Simple. what you do. You just put a new on it because if you think about SEO, mm. New Romulus. So yeah. <laughs> it's funny, really. Sort of it's all, there's only ten thousand Vulcans left. Hey baby. <laughs> so um Doc Two, where they set up a new um planet for humans. Yeah. It's called New New York. <laughs> Stupid. Um so anything else you want to say about destruction of Vulcan? It's bad. Yeah. Okay, so shall we move on to our final section? It happened. It's the Tome incident. Yeah, there isn't really much to say we'll, about we'll just do a, we'll just do a summary um, it happened Tomed incident was a terrible confrontation between um, Federation and Romulans in 2311 that cost thousands of lives the incident at Tomed led to the signing of the Treaty of Aldron which banned Federation research into or use of any coking device and led to the withdrawal of the Romulan government from interstellar affairs until 2364 and that's it yeah no but there's the book which I think kind of where you're going to go on but you do get an answer to your question Take those two numbers and minus it. Twenty-three sixty-four minus twenty-three eleven, and you get oh. the answer. Well, it's not fifty-five, then, is it? Do you, no. do you, does anyone want to read out the novel bit? Or? Well, all you have to say is, in the staged terrorist attack, the flagship of the Federation of Romulan fleet, the Tumblr crashed into the Federation base at Highwalk when the quantum singularity confinement of the Tumblr failed. The massive explosion wiped out thirteen Southfleet outposts as well as the USS. Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Yeah. Thank you. That, I could have given you that as a. <laughs> no, I've been there Agamemnon. before. We've already been there before. Name this ship that you've never heard of. Oh, I don't know. 
It was um, in the notes. But they were <laughs> the ships and things were all rig- rigged to fit false uh, life signs. Hmm. And it says here, um, the act of terror was orchestrated by Starfleet intelligence to defuse the rising tensions between the two powers, forcing the Romulan Empire to stand down when the Klingon sided with the Federation in the wake of the attack. Yeah. I think we've done That's it all. kind of it. That's kind of it. That's the thing. It happened. Short but sweet. It happened. So, back to the quizzes. No, no. Strange right. New Worlds. Oh, well, to... Strange New Worlds, you kind of answered. Yeah. I said, can you explain who the Zindi are and why, and why they attacked? They're um, bad and, people. And why don't they like us? Um, and then do you know anything about what um, which episode I should be watching we answered those as well oh yeah season 3 minus a couple of yeah I mean if you I say watch from the extinction no no don't watch that one don't like that one doesn't lead anywhere but we answer all of those questions for Strange New World and there's another one that you said going here oh the the, um, Hoshi's weird friend possibly oh yeah Mm. possibly Mm. Yeah. Should we go for the answers to the quiz then? Yep, let's do it. Um, well, I know I got two of mine wrong and <laughs> one right, so that's kind of done. <laughs> Simon, uh, your first one. I got wrong. The other two, you were correct. I, we could reread them out, but. Yeah, I think we answered all of the I questions. Think you've got to, I think. Okay, well, People okay, well, f- might have forgotten. Might have forgotten. Okay, right. I've forgotten. Simon, what year did the Klingon Moon Praxis get destroyed? Not 2294, it's 90. Three. Two, three. Yep. Oh, zero. In the Kel- uh, two or false. In the Kelvin timeline, the year of the destruction of Vulcan took place in 2258. That was true. And true or false, the name of the scientist that created the Zindi super weapon was called Dagra. And again, that was true. So you got two out of three. Because I know he built it, but it was a question of did he come up and design it? That was the thing yeah, I that was, was a bit yeah. Bit confused about. Um, Jamie, you'll be pleased to know you got all of yours right. So really? you got a full house again. Really? Yeah. How long did the Zindi weapon take to reach Earth's orbit? You said B. Ten hours. Yeah, I had a feeling. Ten hours. I was just again, it was going with my gun. What was the name of the fit? The, the fish. Jelly, that, jellyfish. The fish ship. It was jellyfish. And true or false? The incident occurred in twenty three eleven. It's true. Blimey! I can't believe I got six out of six. That's like hurdle. Three out of three. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm so yeah. Sorry, I'll count for my previous episode. We just did. Yeah, never mind. Um, Phil, hmm. how many people died in the probe attack? I said false. And you're sure right. Because yeah, yeah. you said it was it's true or false, it was eight million, but it was yeah, seven. Um what was the ship that distracted General Chang from attacking Enterprise at Kitama? Well, I wrote down fifty five, so I've obviously got those questions the wrong way around. Oh. No, that's oh oh sorry, yes, I'm getting confused. Um Okay, we'll do that one. I say I'm not used yeah, to no, doing Yeah, that's right, no no. Um how many years were there between Tumblr Incident and the neutral zone? 55, but that's wrong. 53. And then we'll go back to the last one. Um, which ship tried to strike Chang from the Enterprise? That's it, but that's wrong. It's Excelsior. Mm. No. It came up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I just came to my thought, of course, it's Excelsior. So I got one, yay! And I'm falling further behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're both falling. Oh, yeah, I'm falling Jamie as well. Jamie's doing quite well, really. And a half. Phil, any guesses what you're on? None. Two. Four. Yay. <laughs> now I'm on. Oh, have I got confused? I have got confused, haven't I? Yeah. Ah! 
Two and a half, four, oh, six, and six, seven. Oh, yeah, I'm right. Eight, nine. nine. Yeah. I'm on nine, yeah. yeah. So I'm, you're only half a point ahead of me, Jim. Okay. <clears throat> Fair enough. All to play for. I've got All five to points to get. <laughs> to even catch up. <laughs> well, yeah. you, you didn't lose the Yeah, okay. That's so... cool. I'm not, but yeah, but only by the skinny teeth. Yeah, I said for, for the turning point was that I've got no questions. And Jimmy, I just... you've had a good couple of weeks. Mm. Although you haven't had, it's not weeks, but yeah. Yeah, good well. couple of episodes. I'll we'll uh-huh. say that because that's more. Yeah, that makes more I'm sense. I'm confused. It's been a long day. We've recorded two episodes in one day, which we don't normally do. So. <laughs> no, I still haven't had my birthday yet at this point in time. No. 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 But no. Still two, two days away. Yes. But, like yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, it was weeks ago, Jack. Oh, weeks dear. ago. Time travel! I love it so Yeah, much. and I don't have a clue what we're doing next. No. I don't know. I probably will by the time this goes out, but not now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that ends another episode, Something. guys. We hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> um, as, I think it was a bit of a quick episode, but as always, I've been Phil. I've been Jamie. I've been Simon. And we'll see you again soon. For something. Yeah, something. take care, guys. Bye now. Bye. Bye.